Chapter 20. David runs away from Saul. David knows that Saul wants to kill him. And David meets up with Jonathan. David says to Jonathan, What have I done wrong? Why have I sinned? What have I done wrong that your father wishes to kill me? At first, Jonathan says, It can't be so. If my father would want to kill you, I would know it. He didn't say anything to me. So therefore, it's not true you're mistaken. Says David, no, I'm not mistaken. He does want to kill me, but he knows that you like me. He doesn't want you to know it. For you love, however, says David in verse number 3, I swear by you, and I swear by God and by you, there is fessa, only a step between me and death. It's interesting, Book of Samuel plays with language all the time. Here the word Pesa is written Pei Sin Ayin. The unvocalized Pei Sin Ayin is typically read as Pesha, which means a sin. I would say not one step between me and death, one misstep between me and death. He's looking for some minor excuse, some transgression. Any misstep will be an excuse to kill me. So yes, your father wants to kill me, he hides it from you. So Jonathan says to David, what do you want me to do? Says David to Jonathan, tomorrow is Rosh Chodesh. Tomorrow is the new moon. Usually I sit at the king's table. Sitting at the king's table in the book of Samuel is both a privilege. It's an honor to be at the king's table, to eat with the king. Eating is not just a biological act. Eating is a covenantal act very often. It's a sign of alliance, allegiance, being part of the king's company, part of the king's entourage, but it's also a responsibility. If you don't show up at the king's table, it's a sign of betrayal. So usually I eat at the king's table at the special meal, Rosh Chodesh. And apparently in those days, in the book, they have two days of Rosh Chodesh. And I'm not going to go to the meal. I'm going to hide in the field. If your father asks about me, and you say to him, David requested to go to Bethlehem, to go to his city. There's a family sacrifice there. If your father says, okay, no problem, then you'll know that there's no problem. I can return. It's safe. But if he gets angry, that will demonstrate that actually he has it in for me. And then David adds, please do this for me. If in fact you think I'm a sinner, you kill me. Don't bring me back to your father. David is not the most trusting person in the world. So David is wondering about even Jonathan, it would appear. Says Jonathan, God forbid. Of course I will tell you. So Jonathan says to David, let's go out to the field. And Jonathan says, I I swear I'm going to assist you. But in return for this, Jonathan wants something. Jonathan says to David, I impose upon you an oath that you will do kindness, chesed, towards my family. And that kindness will never cease. Never. Chesed, whose loyalty is kindness, in return for what I'm doing, which is saving your life, and not just saving your life. 
making it possible for you to become the king. And Jonathan wants David to become the king. We have a covenant between us. Covenant between us. Story continues. Verse number 18. And Jonathan said, Tomorrow is the new moon. This is the Haftorah that one reads when Rosh Chodesh falls on Sunday. It's called Machar Chodesh. <coughs> and your place will be missing. You will be missed. So you wait here, says Jonathan. You wait in this place. And on the third day, I will come. And when I come on the third day, I will bring with me arrows. I will shoot arrows. Three arrows towards a mark. And I will send the boy that's with me. I'll say, find the arrows. If I say to the boy, come closer. The arrows are on this side. That will be the sign to you. You'll hear where you're hiding that it's safe to return. However, if I say to the Elam, to the boy, the word Elam also means hidden. If I say to the one who doesn't unknow, it's hidden from the boy. Elam. Farther away, the arrows are farther away, then leave. For God has sent you away. And this is between me and you forever. David hides in the field in verse 24. Sure enough, Jonathan goes back. David's place is missing. On the first day of Rosh Chodesh, the king says nothing. Maybe David is ritually impure and couldn't come to the meal. But on the second day, David's missing again. So Saul says to Jonathan, his son, in verse 27, Madua lo ben Yishai gam tumogam Why didn't the son of Yishai, the son of X, is typically pejorative, why didn't the son of X come to the meal either day? And Jonathan says, well, he requested of me, he says, let me go off to my family, family meal, uh, me, and see my brethren. That's why he didn't come. At which point Saul gets very angry. Angry at David, angry at Jonathan. You, rebe- you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. Don't you know don't you know, or don't I know, Yodati, don't you know that I know that you have chosen the son of Jesse as an embarrassment to your mother. As long as he lives, your kingship will never exist. Now bring him to me, and I'll put him to death. And Saul picks up the spear, points it at Jonathan, identifying Jonathan with David. And Jonathan understands that his father's out to kill to kill David. Jonathan leaves the table himself in great anger, goes out to the field, shoots the arrows. He has the boy with him. And Jonathan says, after he shoots the arrows, in verse number 38, He says to the boy, when he, the arrows are father, that's the end of 37, and in 38, Chusha al-tamod. Meher means hurry. Chusha means hurry. Al-tamod means don't stand still. Hurry, hurry, hurry. David is telling David, hurry, hurry, hurry. Leave. Your life is in great danger. So the young man collects the arrows, and the young man knows nothing about it, only David and Jonathan. And verse number 40, Jonathan gives the young man his gear, bring it back to the city, 
The boy leaves. The David come Eitzel Hanegev. David emerged from his concealment. Vayipoli apav artsa. Vayishtachu shalosh pamim. Vayishku ishet reyehu. Vayivku ishet reyehu ad David higdil. Vayom yohonatan lo David leichu shalom. Asher nishbanu shenenu anachnu b'shem Hashem remar. Hashem ye benyu bencha. Uben zari uben zaracha ad olam. So David flung himself down on the ground and bowed low three times. They kissed each other. They wept together. David wept the longer. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace. We have sworn to each other in the name of God. May God be witness between you and me, between your offspring and mine forever. Even as a little child, I always wondered about this story. I didn't understand in this story, what is the business with the arrows? The boy goes out, go farther, go closer. At the end of the story, Jonathan gives the arrows to the boy. The boy leaves, and David jumps out from his hiding place, and they talk to each other, apparently for quite a while. So what's the story with the arrows? And I believe that what the chapter is saying to us is the following. Jonathan didn't just shoot the arrows. Jonathan said to the boy, which is really saying to David, hurry, hurry, hurry. Your life is in great danger. My father will kill you. Don't wait a second. Run away now, wherever you're hiding. But David can't do that. Because David, who has a very deep religious sensitivity and a deep sensibility, has seen something amazing. He's seen a great religious act. It's a great religious moment of someone who acts not in his own narrow self-interest, but who acts in the, in the larger interest of the people and has come out to the field to tell David the truth, and David knows it's the truth, that your life is in danger, you have to run away. Run away now and maybe someday you'll become the king, but right now and don't wait. And David can't run away. He comes down and he bows down to Jonathan. He acknowledges what is for David a great moment a great altruistic moment. And finally, Jonathan stops him. David, go in peace. And then as David is walking away, remember the oath between us, not just me and you, between my children and your children forever. What is the oath concerning Jonathan's children? What did Jonathan say to David earlier? Remember, after you're the king, don't harm my children. Don't kill my children. And here we understand something about Jonathan. Jonathan understands David perfectly. Yes, David is risking David's life to acknowledge Jonathan. But Jonathan has no illusions that once somebody becomes the king, that somebody may act in all kinds of ways, that all kinds of commitments are forgotten. It's one of the basic themes of this book. The dangers of power, the dangers of kingship. Jonathan is so aware of it. And here we have both elements. We have the David who's risking his own life at this moment. That was the point of the arrows. Run away now. But David can't. Because David has his understanding. He's seen something amazing. And Jonathan acknowledges that, yes. But Jonathan is also aware of the other side. What happens when you assume power? What happens when you become king? David, go in peace. Don't forget the promises. Don't forget the oath. Don't forget my children.